All right, we clip around uh, to hour two. It is a great day for talk radio. we got a panel coming by shortly, topics worthy of discussion. And, of course, the big topic du jour and for the week ahead, it will be the legalization of pot and how we transition to that. And, of course, there are a lot of attendant questions and our concerns, or maybe not. Just having had a brief discussion with a few calls before the top of the hour, I'll extend it here, give more folks uh, a chance to weigh in. It's that much of a, a societal issue that uh, deserves a little more time, I feel. You know, some were saying that there's no big whoop here because uh, effectively we're already in this uh, sort of transitionary stage uh, that people have been smoking it and driving and uh, therefore enforcement. uh, It won't be really effective anyway. How would they tell? And this would be fought uh, legally. And, uh, well, you know, there are a lot of these attendant concerns, as I call them. I'm not sure about the the province being set up adequately with the online pot sales either. And yesterday, when the premier joined us at this time, you might recall, Doug Ford refuted the suggestion that, among other things, the system for online pot sales is not adequately set up in preparation for legalization. We don't know the volume, right? Are are we going to get a million hits the first day? Are we going to get 100,000 hits? So let's see what happens. And and again, uh, we're going to read and react. I'm not, I'm not here to say it's going to go perfect because we just don't know. Uh, are we going to uh, correct any issues that pop up? Absolutely. Are there going to be a few bumps on the road? I'm sure there will be. But uh, well, I think we'll be able to iron things out. We have a, a really good team, and we're all over it right now. All right. In other words, you'll be calling a lot of audibles at the line. We're making it up on the fly because we haven't really experienced this kind of a thing in the past. I guess, you know, with the repeal of prohibition, uh, you know, you can ask your great, great, great granddad about that. Uh, That might be the template that we can use here to uh, try to adjust accordingly. But there are a lot of other things dealing with law enforcement, for example. And when I was saying that law enforcement may not be adequately supplied resource wise for the challenge at hand. Do you believe, this is the question that I was asking late last hour, if it's necessary for law enforcement to show a presence in uh, the streets, you know, like the ride programs at Christmas time, just with the legalization of pot, just to deter anybody who thinks that, well, they can drive while they're high. Because first you have to assume that there are going to be people who will take liberties because it will now be afforded you. And nobody's going to say boo. And there will be <laughs> the acrid smell of marijuana, marijuana smoke hanging in the air. I can guarantee you that <laughs> certain neighborhoods. Tom just telling us in Kensington Market. I mean, they're already jumping the gun on this one. You know, well, they have been now for many, many years, I guess. <laughs> and so certain pockets of the, uh, the community will obviously uh, be doused in a cloud. Kind of a green pall will hang in the air. But do you think that law enforcement ought to address this with a greater presence and maybe try to make examples as a symbolic gesture that we're on top of this, folks? Or is that just something they they lack the resources to adequately do and uh, just treat it as another day and play it by ear? Which is kind of what Doug Ford was saying they would do. I'll open the lines and get your thoughts. We've got our panel coming up, a topic worthy of discussion. does involve, of course, the legalization of pot and this 28-day prohibition for police officers, which becomes an interesting talking point again because, as yesterday I was saying, 28 days almost seems arbitrary. Now, uh, if there's a cop who, after 27 days, you know, reports for duty, 
is there something that might just uh, compromise their comportment because they haven't made it to the 28-day threshold? I mean, that's where I, I don't understand, unless, as I said earlier, that the uh, chief was sending a signal that we effectively want zero tolerance and the 28-day window <laughs> ensures that, you know, <laughs> you you're pretty much shut out from socializing with weed, basically, doesn't it? it I can only think of, of two situations where an officer could, could smoke pot now. Five-week vacations or more, right. and uh, a suspension that you feel is going to go on for a long time. Right, and yet you're getting paid at the same time. We can take that as a leap of faith. Oh, oh I can't come back after, uh, off suspension. You know, I just smoked a joint. Right. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to extend it by four weeks. Well, Julian Fantino, who is Global News Radio's uh, police expert, says that in a crisis, you need all hands on deck and officers need to be functional. Another issue is the potential for being called out to duty in an emergency and so forth when you have to scramble to get people to come out and help you with any given high-end scene, the crime scene, or uh, other uh, scenario where the police are engaged uh, with a whole lot of human resources. All right. So that has to be uh, taken into consideration that if you need a cop on a moment's notice, <laughs> he better not within the last four weeks have been anywhere near weed. Again, no, you're calling somebody back in from vacation, I'm guessing. How does it happen that they would have that 24 or 28 day window? It doesn't sound like it's uh, going to be realistic or practical to apply any kind of uh, strictures on these officers. I can see within a day or two or three, maybe. 28, uh, but the police say they've done their uh, studies on this. It stays in the bloodstream for 30 days, and therefore they don't want to compromise. It may also be uh, something to do with legalities. Could be challenged, you know, the cop that does whatever uh, in the commission of his his duties is found to have, you know, when they run the blood test or the uh, saliva test, whatever, and then that puts them in jeopardy of losing a case or collecting evidence credibly. And uh, so this may, may be the other reason for it. I don't know. I'm just taking an educated guess. On this matter, though, of uh, the legalization of pot one week out, the other story that was raised by a lawyer here in Toronto, uh, and this is Paul Lewin. He specializes in marijuana cases. He says uh, legalizing cannabis at the age of 19 is not practical at all. And so I think he's got a point because we hear too often where the experts tell us, well, the, the young brain, the adolescent brain isn't uh, fully formed until 25. So what are we doing then? 19. Now I get it that they're already smoking. Come on. Uh, I'm not that naive. And uh, doing it in ways that would make, you know, even Cheech and Chong blush. And we should be hearing more from Paul Lewin tomorrow. Uh, so we have a book to talk a little bit more about that topic. Okay, I'm kind of curious because uh, if he deals with marijuana cases, he's obviously very steeped in this whole sort of subset mm-hmm. of uh, concerns around legalized pot. Is 19 the appropriate age for legally accessing pot? Should it be? Should we have reconsidered this? That's why I'm saying there's still a lot of balls up in the air. And, yes. I, you know, to paraphrase from Doug Ford, we're going to tweak on the fly. We're going to see what works, what isn't working. and But man, it's otherwise a social experiment. Am I overstating it? Is there a certain sense of alarmism here that you think is not warranted? In other words, when I asked the question last hour, is this going to be a gong show or smooth sailing with the rollout with all of these attendant questions? I, I'll ask it of you here in the few moments before our panel joins us. 870-6400.
Star 640 on sale. Gong show or smooth sailing? What do you foresee in the days, the weeks, and even the months ahead in terms of enforcement or the lack thereof, uh, in terms of impaired driving, in terms of other consequences socially, maybe lost productivity on the job site? (laughs) Young people, perhaps flagrantly abusing and there could be consequences down the road. How do you see it? 870-6400, star 640 on sale. Patrick, you're on your bike and you've been waiting a while. I don't know where you are right now, but go ahead. You're on the Oakley Show. I'm on, Dun- I'm on Dundas and you get me through a lot of biking. I'll be quick, John, because I'm sure you got a lot of callers. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's face it. First of all, one, why not one thing at a time? Cell phones. You think cops stop people on cell phones? It's epidemic. It's worse than smoking a joint. Everywhere you look, there's people making left-hand turns, going through stop signs, et cetera, et cetera. Using a cell phone. Forget smoking a joint. Mm-hmm. If they were smoking a joint, they'd probably be at home laying on the couch listening to music. All right, so and what you're it, saying is, I mean, there's no enforcement here. Let's not even consider no. that. All right, I got you. What's next? Well, it's, it's, it's just laughable when you think about it. I mean, the debate is fun. I listen to it, and I hear you chuckle from time to time, and I chuckle along with you. Because I, I just can't see, I can't see the cops enforcing the cops. All right. Thanks a lot for the call. Uh, happy bicycling. Rick and Cobra, go ahead. You're on the Oakley Show. Hey, John. I uh, just wanted to say that um, people, I think, when they talk about CBDs, they're um, maybe a little misinformed because THC, which is the psychoactive ingredient in pot, mm-hmm. is actually one of the CBDs. So... If they are swabbing your mouth for CBDs, you may be very well taking something that is non-psychoactive, in other words, non-THC related. And as far as I have read and learned, there are 64 different CBDs out there um, in in marijuana, and I don't think they've done their studies yet. Um, But if they're swabbing and going to tell you that you have CBDs in you, therefore you're impaired. Well, um, without the psychoactive THC, like again, I said, is one of the CBDs, right. then you're not really impaired. You're just looking for maybe anti-inflammatory properties or uh, you, you, I'm sure you... All right, so what you're saying is uh, this becomes a little more complicated and the enforcement arm of things is not going to be able to handle this in a credible way. Well, yeah, I, I actually, I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I know they use their, their dragger tester, um, and I've used them before for gas testing in the past, um, but I don't know if they can differentiate between THC, which is a CBD, right. or um, another one, which is cannabidiol uh, tetrahydra 4 or something. And, uh, <laughs> All right, listen, I mean, uh, right now I'm not high, but my eyes are glazing over, so I'm just going to tell you, this is going to be, uh, I don't know. It's a little more complex than it need be, I guess, in terms of uh, what we're discussing. The cops, do we take it as an article of faith with the 240 across Ontario field sobriety officers and the saliva testing that may or may not be challenged legally? This is the best we have right now. And are you good with that? 
I'm sure, as a guy on the bike said, they're not even busting people on their cell phones. So where, where are we to expect that they're going to go after those who may be uh, high? Unless there's something egregious that happens and you're driving slow in the fast lane, you know, doing 20 and you should be doing 120, that merits being pulled over. And uh, even me, without any kind of training in Jacksonville, Florida, would recognize the symptoms of somebody who's high and right like out of their gourd.